get you fixed up. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. So did you get rain? It seems like the rain hit some very dry areas that needed it. I know that Iowa got some. Even though we didn't need it, we got more rain, but you never turn rain away. How much of an influence are we going to see on this weather? All of that's going to be talked about. But first, we're going to look at what's been happening on the livestock side of it. What influences are we seeing in this cattle market? You know, we saw a day that definitely saw some big drops in the terms of long. Are we going to be okay? Let's look at what the funds are doing. And, of course, all this talk of China and hogs. So lots to look at today as we welcome Brad Coyman. He's with Coyman, Coyman Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa, to the show. And let's talk about this influence in the cattle market. A lot of negativity, not how you want to start a Monday trade. No, you said that right. Um, thanks for having me on, by the way, Susan. Um, I thought that I thought maybe the market was 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 a little bit, and maybe unfairly influenced, but influenced nonetheless by uh, this reported trade where one packer was able to, to snag some cattle in Texas at 118. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily representative of of what the trade is, and I don't think that those cattle represented the front end kind either um, at all. But uh, you know, I know there was a little dialogue about that. Then there was a little bit of trade at 122 to one of the regionals down there, uh, which would have been a little softer um, and uh, on on a Monday. So that's part of it you know i mean we can reiterate again everybody's telling you the same thing on the boxes i'm sure uh, you know that they're going to sell off um i i say that very very uh tongue-in-cheek and very casually uh you know the boxes obviously went straight up and we didn't notice any change in the life market so i'm not really caught up in the idea that just because the boxes are going to go back down which is seasonally normal uh, that necessarily it should impact the live price either but having said that you know, if the boxes do get down to this 250 level, which is what I'm being told we could go to, it's hard to see that as being bullish, and bearish, but it is what it is. I, I thought the other problem today a little bit, Susan, was a little more mechanical in nature, and that is that we're approaching the time where we're going to see a fair amount of fund rolling, and I think we started to see that today with uh, some of these long index funds coming out of the August, um, and that'll go on here off and on for the next couple of weeks. And uh, so I think that that was part of the trade as well today. And maybe a little influence even where there was some interest in buying the deferred cattle, uh, you know, with what was going on over there with the grain prices. So I, I'm not ready to, you know, <clears throat> crawl off the silo or anything like that. Um, I don't really think that the cash market's going to change a lot. Uh, and, the, and the August cattle already trading at a discount. <clears throat> but I think just one of those softer days here where the funds did some selling. So if we look at the long-term picture, are you feeling okay with it? I am. Um, you know, we've seen a couple of weeks in a row here where the weights have come down quite a bit, uh, which I'm encouraged by. I think the placement pattern is such that, uh, you know, to me, the fourth quarter of this year, the first quarter of next year, uh, still look to me like we're going to finally benefit from these declining supplies and from these huge female slaughter that we've seen for the last two and a half years. Now, one of the things that nerds like me need to keep track of for you is... Um, their liquidation, and that's because of the dry conditions. Unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of females come to town again, and now we're seeing some of these cattle that have been turned out to grass, um, you know, where they're going to make yearlings out of them, are now coming for sale. I've actually bought some of those kind of cattle, which obviously that's not their plan. When you turn cattle out in May, you don't you don't try to sell them again in June. Um, so that may, that may move this uh, supply just a little bit forward. It doesn't create new supply, but it may move this supply a little more into the third quarter instead of the fourth quarter. So I remain 
long-term optimistic, though. Well, we've got a, a regular schedule this week, per se, but we know that 4th of July being on, on Sunday, many folks aren't working on Monday. Having said that, do you see that having any influence on the way we see cattle and hogs trading this week? Well, that's a good question. I should have should have thought of that myself. <laughs> way to go. Thanks. Um, you know, the old, yeah, uh, old rule of thumb, short for a long, um, and long for a short. Uh, so when you have a long week, a regular week for a short kill week, Generally, at least in the cattle market, uh, those weeks have a tendency to be a little bit softer. Um, conversely, when you have a short buy week for a regular long kill week, uh, usually you're a little bit stronger. So um, I don't know that you have the same impact necessarily in the hogs, although on the hog market too, Susan, you've got, I mean, you've got a, a, a daily um, pressure, if you want to call it that, where you just have so many animals to get dead that every time you miss a day, you know, you, you do feel like you just, you know, you're backed up that much more. Well, you know, you talk about the, the, the backing up of, of these cattle, and obviously that's not something we want to see in this industry right now. And that short term is going to put some extra pressure on the trade, isn't it? Well, and typically it would. Um, that when you have, you know, uh, less marketing days in the same time, time frames, you got five days to buy for a four day kill week. So generally speaking, that has a tendency to pressure on the, the market a little bit. But, you know, this is 2021. I, we all of um, you know packer margins being so big. You know, I do think that they'll try to figure out a way to make it up any way they can. Uh, you know, particularly with a little bigger Saturday, maybe. All right, let's look at these hogs. What are your thoughts as uh, we look at their bigger picture and the talk of China? Well, that was certainly the one word answer that I was using here today a little bit. Some some, some chatter, and I, I always. Have to be careful when when you get some news coming out of China because you know I mean it's uh, they're much better at the trade game I believe than we are. Uh, when they say black, I always wonder if I should be thinking white uh, or vice versa. Um, the the talk though was that they were actually looking to do a little more pork purchase here. We haven't heard that in a long long time. You know the feeling had been that maybe they'd gotten their own industry back on the ground enough um, that that uh you know we those days of those monster pork cat sports to them maybe were over but uh, some speculation here today that maybe we're going to see a little bit more of that i think that was certainly part of the thing that got us started that way the other thing of course susan is this thing has had a huge sell-off 20 dollar plus here in the front end of the market so certainly we were due for a little bit of a recovery all right well stick around folks we do have a lot more coming up as we continue with the second half of the fontanelle final bell no surprise weather forecast but it is a dominant factor that you're thinking of. We'll find out more as we continue. More is coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue having our conversation with Brad Coima. Switching gears from the livestock and headed over to the grain side of the complex. You know, rain makes grain, but believe it or not, the rain wasn't as much of an influence as we saw in the trade uh, for a Monday. Kind of interesting what's happening in the PNW right now with this heat. And is that kind of overshadowing what we're seeing in our grain markets today? I think short answer, yes. You're probably hoping for a little more out of me than that. I think the heat in the Northwest was certainly things that I was hearing over and over in the marketplace today. A worry that, you know, this, this high pressure system that is over the Northwest, uh, you know, will likely slide to the East. And there's, I think most of the weather talent right now is talking about a much warmer and drier July. <clears throat> so 
I, I, I was uh, as, as anxious as anyone probably, and I pulled up my phone at 7 o'clock last night to see. I, if, you'd have, if you'd have made me bet, I'd have thought we'd open lower off because there was a fair amount of rain. I mean, who's kidding who? Um, but uh, interesting, you know, the, the, you know, I remember when I was cutting my teeth here 40 years ago or whatever, an old-timer told me that trade in weather markets is difficult because you almost have to, Buy it when it's raining and sell it when it's not. And uh, you know that just rang in my ears this morning when I was watching the trade firm up. Uh, you know where the market anticipates. Okay, so it just ran rain, but now the next forecast is going to be less rain, right? I mean, it sounds kind of maybe sounds kind of oversimplified, but I do think that there's something to it. And legitimately, you're looking at a big period part of the corn belt, the western corn belt anyway, that is, is running on no subsoil. So. As you enter this next critical uh, growth stage of the plant, the next three to four weeks, we need to have that timely rain, you know, every every week or so. So, yeah, the market actually anticipated, responded more than I expected. You know, last week everybody was all up in arms about the the, the acreage report that we have Wednesday. Uh, worried, you know, just how much increase are they going to show in the acres, and that seemed to have the long speculator, you know, kind of sidelined. Um, I, uh, I, I, I'm glad to see it. Uh, I, I think that tomorrow's going to be a little quieter kind of a day, but I was encouraged, like, for for example, December corn getting back above 542.3 area. That was the high Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, so it was nice to see us get a little bit on top of that today. So a nice day. You bet. Well, there's so much anticipation that we see for this June report. Can we expect a, a knee-jerk reaction initially when those numbers first come out? Um, <clears throat> thank you for giving me the platform. Why we have a report at eleven o'clock in the morning again? Uh, but uh, so you're going to get a grain stocks report and you're going to get an acreage report, and they're all going to get piled on you uh, at the same time at eleven o'clock ish Wednesday morning. I've got a sophisticated, high price equipment that I can afford to get get information, and typically the market trades for a minute, minute and a half before I see the information too. It's extremely exasperating to me. Um, I think that most eyes will probably be focused on the acres. Um, and if the weather is still, you know, inflammatory, if we're still talking about hot, dry, the acres won't matter much either. Now, they are expecting, um, you know, trade guesses have hoisted up the corn acres in particular up to that 93.8 range. Uh, so, you know, they are building in some. I know there's people that I think are relatively smart that think that it could be even more than that. If you remember the springtime, you know, it was early, it was dry. Uh, those typically usually uh, end up with uh, with big corn acres because guys prefer to plant corn. Um, and uh, so, you know, I, I guess if I had a, you know, if you were going to bet a, a, a beer on it, I'd maybe pick a number a little higher than the 93.8, but I'd only be guessing. And I think the whole marketplace has a real lack of confidence in these in these numbers after 2019. Um, so that might help us a little bit if we get some outlier kind of a number. Perhaps the traders smart enough this time to go, well, you know what? Maybe we're not going to really, you know, just hook our wagon to that star and believe everything that that uh, that we had because that's certainly the case in 2019. I think that uh, I think that the USDA spent the next 18 months trying to get those numbers to to to, to match up a little bit better. As we look at the crop progress report that comes out later this afternoon, we shouldn't bank on any real weather forecast being put into those numbers yet, should we? I don't think so. I, I think, um, you know, generally around here, stuff's a little bit behind because it's just stalled because it's been so dry. And uh, now that we've caught a little rain, but 
Um, I, I think that the, de- the conditions likely will deteriorate a little bit is what most people expectation is. But you can just about draw a line through Des Moines, Iowa. And east of that, I think things are going to be improved. Uh, and west of that, we're going to see a, a, a least deterioration, except probably in your state. Uh, if you look at and believe the statistics, it looks like Nebraska's on their way to raise a monster, uh, you know, uh, and I don't expect that those conditions will have deteriorated, at least not this week. All right, sounds good, Brad. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Hey, you can call us, 800-358-3047. All right, Brad Coyne has been joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell is being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. You can check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.